Chase Utley. World fucking champions. Yeah. You guys drank more than anybody I've ever seen. Oh, oh really, dude? Woo! Oh. <laughs> it works out. Yeah. Welcome to the Night Pod Cometh, where we talk about the all-time classic show, It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. I am your host, Jamie G. Esquire the Fifth, the Commodore, and I'll make your dreams come true. Oh, he can. I'm here at Magna Mills and the Soup Deucer to talk about The Gang Gets Cursed. I'm fired up for this one, so much so that I classed it up by enjoying some Italian red wine. Magna Mills, what's up with your trophy? Oh, Jamie, are you rubbing it in? Because I have to say, I've never actually won the Cunt of the Year, but I have been nominated. So I've got that going for me, which is nice. I am Magna Mills. And thank you for being nice or, or maybe a little bit naughty, whatever you want. If you're into it, do it. And checking out the Night Pod Cometh. Find us wherever you get your pods, on YouTube, and on social media at Night Pod Cometh. Thanks again. And do yourself a favor. Don't forget the flaps. You need those things. And it helps us if you follow, like, and please subscribe. Helps other people find our show, find our channel. We appreciate it. So if you had fun, give us that thumb soup do you have the horn of a goat or are we doomed to be cursed forever man uh i mean most likely because i do not have the horn of a goat nor do i have the cunt of the year trophy however i did get cock of the month one time man and i'm pretty proud of that so you know it is what it is gotta work your way up anyway i'm the soup welcome to the night pod coming we're gonna be talking about the gang gets cursed man so uh let's go to the pet cemetery and fucking figure this thing out Please note that The Night Pod Cometh is a full-on spoiler show. So, yes, we'll be spoiling The Gang Gets Cursed, as well as literally everything associated with Sunny, including all previous episodes, podcasts, interviews, you name it. You've been warned. Let's do this thing! This is Season 16, Episode 3, the 165th overall episode of It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia, titled... The Gang Gets Cursed, originally aired June 14th, 2023. Directed by Richie Keen. This is the 15th episode of Sunny that he has directed. He also directed the previous episode, Frank Shoots Every Member of the Gang. Written by David Hornsby, Cricket himself. This is his 32nd written by credit on Sunny, one of the most prolific writers on the show outside of the gang themselves. Guest starring Rhea Perlman as Bertha Fussy, David Hornsby as Cricket, Lynn Marie Stewart as Bonnie Kelly, Sandy Martin as Mrs. Mack, Andrew Friedman as Uncle Jack, Chase Utley as himself, and C.J. Hoff as The Kid. The short plot synopsis is, A series of bad omens leads the gang to believe they're all cursed. They set off to undo the curses and make amends to those they've wronged. Mack meets Chase Utley and invites him for a catch. Mills. Any notable callbacks here or references uh, for this episode, the, the gang gets cursed? feel like there might be a couple here. Yeah, it's like jam-packed. We've seen D playing video games before, back in Charlie Rules the World in Season 8. Mac is now the second member of the gang to have a fake dead child after D. Uh, remember Little Barnaby, Sweet Little Barnabas, in Season 7's Sweet D gets audited. Uh, the Monkey. He played a primary role in the season 15 episode. The gang replaces D with a monkey, and he did indeed fuck their faces. Sports superstitions have come up before. They played a big part in season 13's Charlie Home Alone, and the gang wins the big game. 
The gang wins a big game. It's also the last time that we saw Uncle Jack. This is Chase Utley's second appearance on the show after the gang gets stranded in the woods back in season six, where he did indeed have an indoor catch with Dennis. And we've heard Max letter to Chase Utley before back in the World Series defense in season five. And Chase Utley actually shot this video that we see here years ago in response. It's kind of like a DVD extra kind of thing or something like that. So that's why it looks like, oh, wow, great de-aging you know, technology. Nope, he actually uh, did that a long time ago. And finally, the death of Maureen Ponderosa was featured prominently in Dennis Reynolds making a murderer back in season 12. Wow, remember making a murderer when that was a thing? It was a thing. Definitely was. Jam-packed is uh, putting it mildly. Before we go through the episode in detail, we'll start off with our overall thoughts on The Gang Gets Cursed. Soup, you're up first here. I mean, I think this was a fucking pretty solid episode, dude. You know, I always love, I always love when Cricket makes an appearance, man. And, uh, you know, he was, <laughs> his shit was pretty good in this one, man. Uh, we'll get into that a bit later as we discuss more. But, uh, overall, I think this was a pretty solid episode. A lot of ins, a lot of outs, a lot of what have you's, man. You know, the, uh, the whole thing about everybody with their own little curse, whatnot, you know, is definitely pretty cool, man. It branched out in, in a couple different ways. It had, uh, it had fucking layers, dude. And I like layers. Layers of cheese and layers of soup. Guys, for me, it's like, finally, we got back to Sunny being Sunny, right? Like this, by far, in my opinion, best episode of the series so far, uh, the season so far. And we needed it. I, I was a little bit down on Frank Shoots, everybody. And like the, the last first episode was just kind of OK. Last episode was like, ah, wanted it to be better. Dude, this episode was a heater. This was really good. Super funny. All the all the plots kind of played out like it, really well written. Great cameos here, um, as we mentioned with with Cricket and you know his his little his little gigolo he's pimping out. Like th this was just fantastic. So I was so happy for the gang to get back to doing what the gang's supposed to do. Like we needed this. Like this really good episode. I will most definitely co-sign with that. I think this is my favorite of the three episodes we've seen so far in season sixteen. I think most importantly, great use of cricket. You don't want to use cricket wrong. That was my big problem with the huge cricket episode, uh, you know, back in season 13. Here, I think it's pitch perfect use of cricket. Absolutely loved it. I think it's the most balanced episode as far as every member of the gang getting something good to do and also mixing in a couple of cool guest stars, everything like that. Really worked for me overall. Enjoyed it very much. And uh, yeah, very excited about this season overall, really. I think they're doing a, a very nice job for a show that's in its 16th season. I'd say so, too. All right, Mills, put on your seagull skull necklace and grab the ashes of one of your ex-wives. Because it's time to break down The Gang Gets Cursed. It's 11.30 a.m. on a Friday. Mac excitedly reads the gang an email saying that Patty's is going to be on the TV show Bar Rescue. Mac is very excited, but the rest of the gang really isn't into it. Any real experience with Bar Rescue? I've seen a couple episodes, so I know what they're talking about. And I know, like, the one dude or whatever, but that's pretty much it. Uh, does anybody really know anything else? I've, I've seen a few of them, man. You know, it's, it's relatable to, like, Restaurant Impossible or a show like that. You go to a place that's failing or whatever, and so, you know, with the the show and the person, the, you know, the people who star in it come in, they fix the place up and make it successful again, you know. A cool premise, you know, but uh, would you want to be on that show? Yeah, probably, man. If you're a failing uh, business, then it would probably be uh, extremely beneficial for you. Not only do you get the exposure from being on the show, which would 
boost everything for you like phenomenally it'll also you know fix your business even without that you know so clean the place up give you a fresh start they usually remodel the place and all that shit or something to that effect so i mean it's a good thing you know i've seen not like every episode ever but i've seen a bunch of them i really enjoyed this i mean it was kind of a when it came out it was kind of like the type of reality tv i liked i guess um and and so bar rescue was was cool i'm not gonna lie I'm glad they did this episode the way they did, but if Bar Rescue came in, that would be a cool episode too. Yeah, a, a lot of stuff to like here. I think it was a pretty quality uh, cut to title card. We talked about that last yeah. time, where Max is convinced like our luck's gonna, you know, it's about to just turn around and then get the gang gets cursed, and it sets up the gag that Mac just is like just writes letters like no one you would believe. He is writing letters to people every week. For 10 years. That's a lot of postage. Think about how much money Mac has spent in postage over the years. And I just love that. You a lot know, of fucking ink, dude. Uh, yeah. A lot of work, dude. You have to get the carpal tunnel and all that, you know, whether it's typing or writing. I think they're handwritten. Pretty sure they're handwritten. Yeah, that's that's how Mac does, dude. It's like the, the penmanship of a child. You know, that's how it can uh, pass it off as a uh, little Mac. And just the best bit was all the members of the gang having their own reason not to want to do the show, but that is his being because you didn't give him notice to like so he could get on the workout joint. I mean, for God's sakes, man, what if what if my shirt falls off? Classic Dennis, dude. Like I want Dennis to go back. Like I needed this. Like Dennis is going back to like this totally self-consumed, like creepy, perverted. De- like that's what I need from Dennis, dude. Like this this was a good start, man. I mean, his shirt could just fall off, dude. That's like a call back to the gas crisis joint where they're at the bank and Dennis pops the shirt off and then the other yes. guy pops the shirt off and then Dennis is just salty because that's his move, popping the shirt off. Yes. After the title card, Dennis and Charlie are trying to clean the bar while Max trying to make it dirtier. Dennis complains about not looking good on the show and he forgets the word homes. That's weird, right? Dee comes in and half of her face is drooping terribly. She thinks it's broken or something. Then, Frank cracks open an egg only to find that it's filled with blood. Charlie thinks that they might be cursed, and Dee recounts an encounter with her neighbor. When the neighbor gave Dee brownies and asked her to keep the noise down at 3 a.m., Dee gave her a cunt of the year trophy and told her to drop dead. Not only, you know, giving her the uh, the COI, but also the full-on drop dead to Rhea Perlman, who gave her brownies at 3 a.m. If you're playing video games at 3 a.m., you know what's awesome? Brownies. Fuck yeah, dude. And you know what? I'm with her on this one. Don't tell me to turn my shit down. Fuck you. No, fuck that shit. Don't tell somebody to turn their shit down. Fuck off. <laughs> uh, I don't know if I'm siding with you on that I'll one, turn shit up I... louder if somebody tells me to turn shit down, dude. I'm fuck. Unless the cops come, fuck you. That's probably how you get the trophy, dude. That is how you get the trophy right there. Or maybe we were speculating how did D get the trophy. I think it's for shit like that. That's at least how you get nominated, I feel. You sound like a great neighbor, dude. Um, well, you know, I mean, that's why I got the cock of the month that time. Everybody <laughs> wants to live next to you. I don't give a fuck. Don't live next to me then. <laughs> just love the idea that D was just playing video games at three in the morning to dunk on like random teenagers. And dude, I know it's just the beginning of of D with the with the stroke face, but can we give her a little bit of credit here? It was really good. Like she really nailed this like half stroke face, like really. Good. She nailed the voice. I'm pretty sure that's CGI. 
There, there's some sort of digital manipulation on you can't actually make sure it face. works man <laughs> no it no, works. no she had to sound make it sound correctly i'm not taking anything away from her i think it was a good performance because it could have gone like you know too uh tropic thunderish you know yeah another thing i want to say about this open is the way this the, this open where they're talking about the bar rescue and whatever i thought was really cool man so you rarely see people in the bar but there's just one random dude passed out at a table in the back yes. he's completely laid out which is Totally unacceptable in any bar. I mean, the ALE will fucking shut you down for shit like that. But uh, but yeah, there's just a dude just with with a fucking beer, whatever the fuck, and just fucking passed out on the table. Like nobody pays any attention to him. He's just the background. And I thought that was fucking brilliant. That that was amazing. And and they must have been listening to us here on the night pod cometh because just last week on our previous episode where we broke down uh, episode two, Frank shoots everybody. Magna Mills called out the fact that, like, yeah, they probably just did, they did away with kind of trying to make it look semi, you know, busy or at least have a person or two in there. So, uh, that was cool. They listened to us and they put a dude passed out and soup, you're spot on. Shout out to that dude gripping his beer still while passed out face first in the table. You actually see a couple of people in the background at a tabletop later on, too. And at the end, you know, we're, we're going to get to there when we get there, but you do actually see that the gang gets called out. We don't. They don't go on bar rescue because they weren't there. They and then they're like, "Oh yeah, we should probably go to the bar and everything." So yeah. they actually did back call, to work. call it all out. So did enjoy all that kind of coming back around. Back at Patty's, Charlie thinks that Dee was definitely cursed by her neighbor. Dennis is upset, not about Dee getting cursed, but about Dee giving away the cunt of the year trophy. I mean, they worked really hard on that. Mac thinks that they're having good luck, not bad luck. Charlie thinks that Frank's egg is bloody because he killed a seagull in the bar the other day. Mac insists that they're not cursed, but Charlie tells him that he literally heard Cricket cursing Mac yesterday. Mac leaves, and the rest of the gang gets to work on removing their curses. The other thing they talk about here are personal superstitions. Do any of y'all have any, you know, personal superstitions? I, I do a little bit of knock on wood, and, uh, you know, this accounts for sports stuff as well. You know what, man? I have a fucking ton of them i don't know that i want to call them superstitions as much as i want to call them like maybe more of an ocd thing but i have things that need to be like in a certain space in certain places all the time and that a lot of that stems into my work and shit too but like when it comes time for football season i'm like this has to be here this has to be here if anything moves fuck off you know things have to be a certain way or everything's fucked you know and that's relating to football but when in my daily life you know, everything has to be in the same place. Otherwise, you know, something's fucked up and then I'll blame that. I'll blame everything on just that. Like if one of my pans or one of my sauces or something is in the wrong spot, I'm going to be like, everything's fucked because of this. Where's my fucking salt and pepper? Why are my tongs not right there? What's up with my spatula, dude? You know, these things could fuck up your whole day. I'm a firm believer in that. So that's where I'm at with that one. So all football season, last season, and then I'm going to do it this season too. I start the day, whatever day the Bills are playing, with a cup of Josh Allen's coffee because it's delicious. If you haven't had it, you can get it. Uh, If you have Wegmans where you live, go check it out. It's awesome. It's really good coffee. I also have this Bills flag, and that Bills flag has to be put out before the start of the Bills game, and it has to be on this chair that I'm going to sit in. And it's kind of like a cape that I wear throughout. It's kind of a big deal. I've been doing it for, I don't know, four or five seasons now. And um, that's that's a big one. There's plenty others, but that's a big one. I'll give one sports-related one, and that's with the announcer Jinx. As we're recording this, the U.S. Open is on, 
And a graphic came up uh, about the uh, the current leader of the tournament. He's on the last hole. And it says, oh, he's hit every fairway today. Guess what dude does? Just winds up and cranks it a mile right into the wrong fairway. So he hits a fairway, but the complete wrong one, an absolute mess. And as soon as I read that graphic, I'm like, that dude's in trouble. It's football, right? Like, oh, this kicker has made his last 12 kicks. Welcome to missing the kick. Screw you, announcers. Don't be dicks. Can we just give a quick shout out to Frank? Just like, oh, Frank killing the seabird, dude. Frank killing the seabird was like so ruthless, dude. And just the evolution of Sonny, where they can actually not just swear, but Frank can say what he said here. Uh, it was really remarkable. We'll go ahead and play it for you. But Frank lays it out here, man, calling that seabird. What the- <laughs> Dennis and Dee head back to Dee's apartment to apologize to her neighbor, and of course, to get the trophy back. While the neighbor retrieves the trophy, Dennis sees a black cat run out of the apartment. The neighbor says that she used to have a black cat named Marine, but it died years ago. They leave with the trophy, and it doesn't sound like Dee is going to keep it down at night. Yeah, go, go. Okay. And please, keep the noise down at night. Yeah, you got a con. I'd love the bit, Charlie mentioned it, like the spitting over the shoulder when uh, Dennis talks about the cat. Dee tries to do it and just, bam, spits right in her neighbor's face. It's like, oh, I gotcha, huh? I think we can blame that on the partial paralysis, though, as far as not being accurate with the spitting. But, you know, we can take this back to the whole fucking, uh, you know, Seinfeld, uh, somebody spit on me. They, I don't know. What the fuck? You know, we can go all bunch of angles with this. Well, I was just more a comment on the fact that her neighbors done nothing but be nice. And even here, she's going to get their trophy, and then she's rewarded by de-spitting in her face. Yeah, that's a good point. It's a good point. But she, you know, she did, you know, interfere with her game, and she was playing the game. I don't even think she was being that loud. What? She didn't have speakers going. It was just a fucking TV. You could hear her talking. Who the hell is going to complain about? If you're going to complain about noise like that, you can fuck right off. You know? Hey, 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 hey. Hey, 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 hey. And I loved it again, the Dennis, the runner of him forgetting shit. The fact that he uh, forgets the, you know, the word for apologies was pretty great. And she just wanted to come by and tell you that she's very. Uh, she feels she. she uh, what's the word to, to, to make better the feeling? Sorry. Sorry. Yes. Sorry. Sorry. Yes. God damn it. Yeah. I mean, I guess you had to kind of stretch it to be like, wow, how'd you forget that? <laughs> but, you know, like home. How do you forget, like, the boxes people live in? Come on, man, you know. But uh, So I thought that was a little bit of a stretch, but at the same point, they made their point with it, so. Every time he's forgetting something, they just did, like, this cool little, like, eerie sound in the background. I thought it was really cool. Yeah, they've done some stuff like that just to kind of make it feel like maybe he is cursed or something like that, just to give you the little bit, uh, to go with kind of the, the feel of the episode, the theme of the curse and everything. A uh, nice shout-out again. The the production of this season has been awesome. By far the best-looking season they've ever had sound is really clear and everything so all the technical shit has been absolutely great you know what else is great chase utley's apartment next we see mac and cricket in a van staking out a luxury apartment building cricket has info that says that chase utley lives there and that he's back in town cricket is mad at mac so mac gives him a six pack of beer well a four pack of beer okay two of the bottles are filled with piss 
Anyways, Cricket's just happy to have a beverage, and he removes the curse from Mac. Mac then shows Cricket a monkey's paw that he has that he thinks is bringing him good luck. Then, Mac spots Chase Utley exiting the building through his binoculars. We hear that Cricket has been greasing the doorman for years. We know Cricket doesn't have money. Is he just literally greasing the doorman, or what's going on here? I'm sure he's greasing him, all right, man. <laughs> Basilube grease, you know. Is he doing dog stuff, Jamie G? Is Cricket doing dog stuff? Is that what he's doing? I mean, is he bringing this guy to dog orgies? Like, I think that's code for giving him some freebies, man. That, that's that's what I think. I think it's code from give, for giving him some freebies and, uh, you know. Right, because, I mean, typically if you whip it out, you're on the clock, right? I mean, that's how it works. It, you know, Cricket made it very clear to Mac. Okay, I was waiting for this. If it's your dick, though, I, I gotta charge you for it. I'm gonna tell you right now. No, it's not my dick. Well, if, if you're gonna whip it out, uh, we're on the clock, all right? Any thoughts on six-pack etiquette? Would it be all right if you're gonna give somebody a six-pack? Can you drink one before you get there? I think you can if it's, like, a gift, which is still a little bit fucking tacky. I'd wait for, like, you know, you wait for him, be like, oh, man, let's have one together kind of thing. Right, I think it's fair to assume you would be allowed to have one when you give it to him. But yeah. you got to give it to him first and tack But now, if you only if you only give up four and two of them are piss, that's kind of fucked. But if you're dealing with cricket who doesn't really give a shit, then you know it's probably fine. There's this a tiny shot where cricket goes to open the bottle and he doesn't really sniff or anything. He just drinks it. He's got a 50-50 chance of it being piss, and he doesn't even chuck. He's like he's like I don't care. He doesn't care. He's just happy yeah. enough. <laughs> Shout out David Hornsby. Wrote the episode, killed it as cricket, just absolutely on fire. Love him in Mythic West. Watch that too. Uh, very, very good stuff here. Excellent use of cricket. Yeah, cricket was great in this one, man. I mean, I'm a big fan of anytime he's around anyway, man. He's always brings that certain, like, something, you know. Um, he, he has an element to him. But, uh, yeah, the, he, it was definitely a good, definitely a good fucking episode with, with him in there this week. Matt crosses the street without looking and walks right up to Chase Utley. Mac explains that he's been sending him letters every week for 10 years. Chase doesn't remember, but Mac shows him a video response that Chase had filmed some years ago. Chase is confused as he thought Mac was a child. Mac quickly and awkwardly pivots to claiming that Mac is his child, Little Mac. He says that Little Mac is dying with leukemia, and Chase agrees to maybe play catch for like five minutes later that day. It, we mentioned it, but man, Mac writes a lot of letters, right? We shall have a catch. That is great. He just weirds <laughs> out. He weirds. That's like because the hair, right? It is because of the hair. Because I think he does secretly love Chase Utley, and it just throws him like, "Oh, you were on the on the, on the Dodgers." Yes, you were the Silver Fox. Philadelphia, you were just the Fox. That felt like Hank from Barry. That was Hank right there with the Silver Fox line. Right? Tell me, I'm not crazy. That was this whole thing. It was like Mac turned into uh, Hank from Barry for a hot second. Fuck. Even in death. Just an absolute fox. That's no whole Hank right there. That, that, I'd stand by that's a no whole Hank line. And also Chase Utley, very nice handwriting. Then, Charlie and Frank head over to his mom's house to ask her about curses. There, they find Bonnie and Mrs. Mac celebrating Uncle Jack's birthday with him. Charlie forgot about that. Charlie tells her about the situation with the seagull, and eventually she tells them to retrieve the gull's dead body from Patty's and give it a proper burial. Yeah, unless you're at sea, you know, if you're at sea, then you can't give it a proper burial, you know, I mean, 
So. I love that she thought Charlie would randomly be at sea. It but, only yeah, would have been better if somehow he was wearing like a Marty McFly vest, like he does <laughs> in Back to the Future. That would have paid it off a little bit if that that you know, like oh, you know, because I, I thought they're gonna bring the seabird back. I like that he called it the sea seagull or the seabird instead of the seagull. Funny shit with like the you know the wearing the necklace and the the goat horn, all that. Well, is there anything we can do or like? Well, you could slit Frank's throat with a horn of a goat and drink a bowl of his blood. What? He could behead the gull and wear its skull around his neck for the rest of his life. Okay, so you're telling me that you want to wear a seagull skull around your neck for the rest of your life. I don't know. It could be cool. Loved all the superstitions, but Uncle Jack, dude, creepiest he's been in a long time. This is his birthday. Uh, yeah, well, frisky. yeah the, the whole touching, like he's always been kind of like, you knew it was there. I think part of it too, like it seemed oh, maybe like it was worse than normal because Charlie was really like, against it this time like you know sometimes in the past he's kind of like oh like let him touch him a little bit or whatever that sounds terrible but this time he was like very much so like against it so i think that that added to it a little bit he was definitely like get the fuck away from me kind of shit <laughs> yeah and just shout out to the mob second week in a row yeah uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Shout, shout out to charlie's mom though man she did good she you know i mean that's a that's how i were here mom frank killed a seagull <laughs> Whoever the actress is, I forget the name, but uh, yeah, killer performance. Uh, you know, and Liberty uh, Stewart, her scream was awesome when Charlie tells her that Frank killed the seagull. The way she just yeah. flips out, totally great. In and, and she started with all the crazy ones and was like, "Well, then you could just give it a bury." <laughs> you know, so um, that that whole scene played out very well. Yeah, and just a little bit of no one's eating the cake, but Frank wants the cake. And if you watch, he doesn't take it night. He just basically just rips cake out, puts it on. It's not neatly sliced. He just eating it like a goddamn warthog. Love it. Yeah. Well, what else would you expect, man? You know, <laughs> I eat the fuck cake, dude. Like a fucking pirate. Back at Patty's, Dennis pulls out a jar containing Marine Ponderosa's ashes. Apparently, she wanted to be buried in a pet cemetery, which Dennis didn't agree with. Charlie and Frank come busting in, and they retrieve the seagull carcass from under a booth. Then Mac comes in with Cricket and a younger street urchin who they call The Kid. Mac is pissed because he can't use The Kid to have it catch with Chase Utley because he's too old. Cricket then tells the gang about Mac's monkey paw. You know Cricket can't keep a secret. Mac explains the Chase Utley situation and tells him that he found the monkey paw in the bar attached to an entire dead monkey and he kicked it behind the kegs. Dennis and Charlie find the decomposing monkey and a ton of mold. Like a ton of mold. Charlie has a new plan. They're going to bury the gull, the monkey, and Marine's ashes in the pet cemetery. And Mac doesn't have to worry about his dying son because he's already dead. I just have to say, Cricket in the Kid was just the best. I love yeah, the kid strong. here. His weird, creepy performance. Just, <laughs> and then like Cricket gives him the drugs and I go to the bathroom. And this whole thing just worked extremely well for me. Laughed my ass off. And again, you know, paid off. Awesome cricket appearance. Yeah. And and shout out to the kid too. He like whoever that actor was. I think that was the first time we may have seen him. That was really good. Turn around for me real quick. Do do a turn. Do a spin. There you go. Make it sexy. Let's go. He can be whatever, dude. He'll make your dreams come true, man. That's the kid, dude. He will make your dreams come true. Up until this point, did we know that Cricket was was pimping out there? I mean, did we did we know that? I think that's oversimplifying it, but I mean that might be it in a nutshell. But you know, the soup doesn't have his nuts this week, so 
It just shout out that multiple members of the gang, when faced with a, you know, an animal carcass, they just kicked it somewhere else so they didn't have to clean it. Multiple people in this episode just elect to like kick an animal carcass somewhere so they don't have to clean it. That's uh, you know, the fu- the funny thing is when when they when they you know when they were talking about the monkey, the dead monkey back there. And Charlie's reaction was, I can't believe I didn't notice that, or something to that effect. Well, because they had to do that, because Charlie work established, he should be on top of that. So this this <laughs> does break a couple of things here that, that probably wouldn't uh, track overall. But it's funny enough, I'm willing to uh, give it a pass for the most part. And shout out to the little clue here with the, with the silver fish. I thought that was pretty cool, too. And shout out Cricket when he's talking to them. He randomly just starts picking up, like, nutshells, shit Mac was putting out to make the place look dirty. Cricket starts eating it. <laughs> love that no shocker there man <laughs> mac meets chase utley at the pet cemetery and explains that his son is dead he shows chase the monkey paw and confesses the truth chase steals the monkey paw and runs away hoping that it ensures his entry into the baseball hall of fame the rest of the gang arrives and dennis explains what's been happening the exposure to high levels of mold has been causing his and d's issues frank's egg was full of blood because it was a seagull egg that he and charlie found see there's no curse. Then, Mac gets an email from Bar Rescue. Since they've been unable to contact them and no one is at the bar, they've decided to rescind their offer to appear on the show. Cricket arrives as Dennis is explaining that they're not cursed and that they don't have bad luck. Cricket asks about his bad luck, and the gang tells him that they have no idea why bad things happen to him. Can't have anything to do with the gang, can it? I have to say, Chase Utley stealing that monkey paw and running away because he is going to be on the Baseball Hall of Fame ballot in 2024. And he's got a chance, but it's not, he's not going to be a first ballot or anything. Like he, he's like a, you're saying there's a chance kind of probably, I don't know, 33 to 50% somewhere in there. So this is kind of cool that he's willing to, you know, kind of like campaign for himself a little bit by this. I thought that was pretty awesome. Loved all the Chase Utley stuff. Nice and self aware. I thought he did a good job. I'd like to see a follow-up on that and see what actually happens with him in the monkey's paw later on. If he shows up at the Hall of Fame in, in his induction and he's got the monkey paw, that would be the shit. He would be a god in Philadelphia. Like, he's already pretty much a god in Philadelphia, but he would be super god at that point. He's getting a statue then. <laughs> with the monkey paw, damn it. <laughs> Did you like the mold payoff? Was the juice worth the squeeze on that, to, you know, the setup? I think it had to be something, so I think that was explainable enough to make it work. Yeah. I, I liked it, and they've shown that they've done this before, and it's really worked. I mean, the, the one episode that comes to mind is when they think they're all sick, but they're actually just alcoholics and needed to drink. And this was kind of one of those two for me where they kind of did that same kind of thing. It, it works really well. I think they could do it all the time, and it would work. So I, I, I was happy with it. Yeah, the fact that they get called out in the end for not actually being at the bar and doing what they were supposed to do really worked for me. Because we'd been talking about it. I like that they consciously addressed it. I don't know if I'm convinced that they're that bar rescue is necessarily off the table, but I, I liked it overall. And the you know, there's a the whole theory that really cricket is kind of like the gang's Dorian Gray. The, you know, the painting that absorbs all the shit that they do while they remain young, because the gang, they walk through water, right? They walk between the raindrops, nothing ever happens, and Cricket just ages every year by just a, an amazing <laughs> degree, so I felt like this was a little bit of a shout-out to that theory. Well, that's a good point, man. One little stupid Frank and Charlieism. I just like that they mix their found eggs with their store eggs. 
Oh, they got it mixed up, man. You know, yeah. Like that's something that happens to everybody all the time. You know, sometimes you just find eggs. You know, I just get picture them having a jar in their fridge, like a, like not even a jar, like just a bowl with like a little like handwritten label, like found eggs. Yeah, yeah. They don't have them in the you know the little whatnots or anything. And a shout out when Chase Utley steals the the monkey paw. I totally reminded me of Snake from The Simpsons, like the thief dude who's like yoink, and he just steals the, the shit and runs away. That's exactly what I thought when Chase Utley stole that shit. Well, guys, we started out with a six pack, and now we're down to four bottles, and two of those are, well, you wouldn't want to drink them. So I think that that about does it for The Gang Gets Cursed. Before we hand out our awards for the episode, let's see what the public response looked like. The Gang Gets Cursed currently has a rating of 8.1 on IMDb. That puts it in a 14-way tie from 110th overall among Sunny episodes. That roughly places it in the bottom third, the bottom 36% of Sunny episodes. So again, kind of Goldilocks, this one for me is you know, bottom third, right on the edge there of the uh, bottom third. That too high, too low, about right. Uh, JBG, any thoughts? I think it's probably too low. Um, I think it's better than that. So I, I, I think it's, I think it's, I think, I think it deserves to be to be better than. I would rate it higher than that. I agree. I think this is at least, in, you know, I think at least in the top half, if not comfortably in the top half. My yeah. favorite of the ones we've done so far. So at least Same. this season. And you know, I really think this is the best start they've had overall to a season since at least 12. So very encouraged. Well, guys, we rarely complain about the writing on Sunny, and that extends to the episode titles, but you know how we are. We still have to have a little fun here and give some alternate titles because there's so many fun options all the time. What do you guys think? The gang gets cursed is great, but let's see what else we can come up with. I really like Chase Utley gets lucky. I, it just rhymes and kind of would work, but um, there's tons out here, guys. Take a stab. Chase Utley Hall of Fame might be better. Just that sounds cooler and more implications. Uh, Soup, you got anything? You got a monkey paw joint? Oh, man. You know, I mean, I, not really, dude. I was... <laughs> <laughs> Aside from going real crazy and talking about monkey paw hand jobs and shit, I don't think I'm going to touch that. That's good soup. But I, I will say, like the bloody egg might have been a good title. What about uh, cricket gets cursed? Like that, that would be kind of a good one too. Or cricket is cursed. Cricket the is curse cursed. of cricket. Yeah, I like something with curse and cricket or cricket and the kid. You gotta get, bring the kid in, dude. Cricket and the kid. Then let me see here. I, I like the the death of little Mac. I think that would have been a fun one. Uh, you know, as far as kind of variations on what y'all gave, like Chase Utley steals a monkey paw would have got me interested. The Curse of Rickety Cricket would have got me interested. But it, it sounds like kind of like a, a Hardy Boys or a Nancy Drew title, but I do like Charlie Kelly and the Curse of the Seabird. That just sounds like a, a fun name for like a novel or, you know what I mean? Something like a mystery novel, something like that. I think that Hardy would be Boys. pretty cool. Yeah. You know, that would have me intrigued. You know, that's usually what I go for in an episode I want uh, title. I wanted to describe the episode, but also, you know, make me more intrigued about it. Make me more interesting. Well, guys, it's officially time to kick off our award tour. The first stop is our favorite quote or piece of dialogue from The Gang Gets Cursed. Mills, do the rusted root thing. And I will send us on our way 
with the joint right from the beginning of the episode because sounded like that lady cursed you. I don't know. I call ladies cunts all the time. We all do. Right. That's no, true. She brings up a good point. Yeah. That's no, true. I, do. I do. called an old lady a cunt this morning. Did you? I sure did. Yeah. I sure no, did. I might have done it too, actually. <laughs> Jamie G, uh, you know, beat that. I got to go back to Frank killing the bird. Like, and I don't even want to say it because I couldn't do it justice, but we'll go ahead and we'll go ahead and play Frank here. And- well, you know what? My favorite quote out of this episode, man, if I'm going to break it down to just one, I'm going to have to say when Cricket just looks at Mac and says, Something wrong your dick? And then after that, there's plenty of more fucking quotable quotes, but uh, that was just the, that whole scene was fucking awesome. So um, anyway, that quote was just fucking hilarious. Yes, it was. And the next stop on this award tour is our favorite scene or moment. From the gang gets cursed, guys. For me, it's got to be that little exchange in the in the van with uh, with Mac and Cricket when he's giving him the he's giving him the beer. And Cricket's like, "There's only four in here. Well, I drank two of them, of course. I mean, dude, naturally you have to." And then just to find out that you know some of them are pee. It, this whole exchange was just hilarious, dude, and, and like great usage of Cricket. They really nailed it here with him uh, this entire episode. There's only four in here. I drank two of them, of course. Okay. All right. Well, thank you. Oh, I'm going to buy a six-pack and not drink two? Well, yeah. That's the, kind of the kind thing to... But yeah, look, I'm, thank you for the four. If I'm being honest, I drank four. Two of those are pissing. Yeah, to go Kenny Banyan on your gold, Jerry. Gold. Lots of gold right there with Cricket and Mac in the van. Soup producer, favorite scene or moment, what have you, from the episode. Uh, I'm going to go, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to kind of, kind of copycat or piggyback off a, off a glow thing here. And my favorite scene out of the episode, uh, I'm going to give it to where Frank is baseball batting fuck out of that seagull, dude, because here's why mostly because you get the bird's eye view. And I love that fucking direct directorial fucking aspect, man, where you get the, you get him beating the shit out of the bird. And then you also get the bird's eye view from it when, you know, when he's fucking tracking it down and trying to get it and trying to get it, you know? So that I'm going to give that my best scene. That brings it to me in, you know what? I am going to go with my favorite moments, which were just all the time we spent with these neighbor, Rhea Perlman, Bertha Fussy. That sounds like a Quentin Tarantino name, right? Birth of Fussy. Yes. Definitely sounds like it. Definitely sounds like a cunt of a name. <laughs> it's perfect. I loved all of the time that we spent with her. You know, we just had the the kind of the two quick scenes or whatever. Thought they were all great. Enjoyed every second of them. The next stop is a major one. It's our five-star man or woman for the gang gets cursed. Here we rank five characters from one to five stars. The one star man or woman is the worst, and we keep going until we get to the five star man or woman. Who is our episode MVP? Magna Mills, show us how it's done. Man, I know somebody who showed me at least a little of how it's done. That's my one star man, the boy. Love the boy here. <laughs> at two, I'm going with cricket. Feels a little bit low looking back on it. I think Cricket had a solid episode, but he didn't really win anything. He just basically existed, but still cursed all the time by the gang. At three, I have Charlie, because at the end of the day, it's going to look like he was right, and all of his superstitious shit paid off. So he looks the best out of the gang. He's actually the only member of the gang to make my five-star people this week. At four, I have Bertha Fussy. That's Dee's Daver, played by Rhea Perlman. Love the shit out of her. Thought she was great. 
and my five-star man, Chase Utley. Chase Utley just comes in. He's a goddamn rock star for a baseball player, just having fun here. And when he steals that monkey paw and runs off, it's a Hall of Fame. Here I come, baby. It's the weirdest, like, no athlete's ever kind of done that kind of weird, like, campaigning for a Hall of Fame thing before. I just loved everything about it. Thought it was really cool and enjoyed it, especially for someone, even though I'm a Yankees fan, not a Phillies fan. I was happy when the Phillies did win their World Series against the Rays, and then very happy the next year when the Yankees beat them in the World Series. Jamie G, who are your five-star people? Man, oh man, I'm going to be somewhat similar, but not exactly. I am also going to give it up to the boy at number one. He was just, it's hard to be like he was the man because he was the boy, but like, dude deserves to be on this list. He was great. Uh, Number two, I've got to give it up for Frank. Um, Frank was just funny with the freaking, uh, with the bloody egg and just his like, Refusal to believe it. Trying to bang uh, Charlie's mom. You just, you got to love Frank. I thought he was a good role here. Um, Three, I've got Charlie because, again, he did kind of was pushing the whole uh, curse type thing and kind of made it seem like it was. Number four, I got to give it up for the dude, the legend, Cricket. He was awesome in this episode. He crushed every single scene. Number five, my five-star man, I do have to give it up for the golden god, Dennis. Dennis is just... He's the one who figured out it was mold. He knows how to use Google. Uh, you got to you got to hand it to Dennis here, dude. His shirt could just fall off. Man, I got I got a I'm, I'm a little I think we're all a little bit different here this week, and I like that, man. I like that. So I'm gonna go ahead and say, uh, you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna go number one. I'm gonna I'm gonna say uh, Mac Mac is Mac is first because uh, I think he had a pretty solid episode here. A lot of shit revolved around him, the whole monkey paw thing, the whole fucking. Uh, you know, uh, Chase Holy thing and everything else. I, I, he did good. He's getting he's getting on the list this week, man. He's getting the first one, man. Or number two, uh, I'm go I'm going with D, man, because uh, as you guys said, that uh, was some pretty good D, man. And speaking of Mac with his uh, monkey paw and everything else, some good D is right there next to it, man. She did a great job in this episode, man. She's getting the next one. Number three, I am going with Frank because he's fucking Frank and he just does Frank shit, and it's just he's right there, dude. Number four is going to be Cricket because fucking Cricket is awesome and he did a great job this episode. Nice to see a nice to see a fucking Cricket reappearance, man. And uh, I've been waiting for one and he did a stellar job this week. It was well played and well written and uh, and well performed. So uh, number five, I'm giving the ultimate five stars this week to Charlie because I feel like he held the whole fucking thing together. He knew it was up the whole time, man. And uh, and uh, you know it was one of those. It was. Charlie took control, kind of, you know, so he's getting my five star. If I've learned anything about the global economy these past few years, it's that nobody understands anything. Well, except the bestest place on earth, Dave and Busters. It's time to hand out our episode grades for The Gang Gets Cursed, and we do that by awarding the episode between 0 and 100 Patty's Box. Soup, send us on our way. Hey! Well, you know, I haven't been super high on the grades the past uh, couple episodes, but I am going to give this one a solid 89, dude. Really thinking about giving it the 90. Um, it's, it's close, but uh, I settled on 89, so I'm sticking with it. 89. Nice. Jamie G. Man, for me, I'm I'm right there with you, probably slightly higher. I'm going to give this thing nine, 93 Patty's Bucks. 93. Wow, that makes me feel weird because I'm going to go with 84 Patty's Bucks, but I am the highest 
of the episodes. I mean, y'all are both too, but I've been consistently higher. Like I was like 83, 83, 84. Y'all been all over the place a little more, but I like that. I think this was a fun one. I think it will age well as do, you know, most of the uh, solid cricket episodes. And I, I guess I should just point out now we've got three episodes in. So if we do the little thing where we average the grades together, we see that this is our favorite episode pretty much by far. Then we actually have ranked shoots every member of the gang. And then the gang gets inflated. It's being pulled down a little bit. Soup wasn't a, a huge fan of inflated, but it works out all right. You know, I, I think this was our favorite. So good times. Hopefully they, you know, keep going up. We like the upward trend. Yes, we do. We're going to finish up with our predictions for the next episode. Mills, please set the table for us. Next up is Season 16, Episode 4, titled Frank versus Russia. The short plot synopsis is Charlie cheers on Frank at a local chess tournament against a Russian Grandmaster. Dennis helps Mac and D find boyfriends. And we've seen the little teaser trailer, so if you don't want to get spoiled on that, we're going to talk about it here, but there's not a lot to it. Before we get into the, the teaser, what do you think, Soup? Do you think this is the end of the bar rescue? I don't think it is, because remember, Mac name-checked the host? Just the fact that he spent, said his name very specifically, I feel like dude is going to show up, so I don't think Bar Rescue's off the table. What do you think? I don't know, man. Uh, shows like that, it's like, you only really get the one shot. I would I would think, like, maybe, if anything, maybe towards the end of the season, be a way to finish off the season and have, the, you know, and, be, and have another opportunity at that. But it's not that, you know, you can't just sign up for this shit, you know what I mean? So, it's, it, you know, it's hard to get on that. But if they Mac do, writes a lot of letters, dude. I mean, a lot, write a lot of, of letters. Fucking letter. He writes a lot of fucking letters, dude. So um, I wouldn't put it totally out of the picture. But uh, if if anything, I, w- I would say maybe like, you know, to, to cap off the season or something, it would be it would maybe be on the table there. Nice. And we see we're getting uh, Charlie's mom again in the next episode. So that's the first time I can remember her showing up in three episodes in a row. Is there any chance here, just because it's a Russian thing, this is something I love, but back in the Mac and Dennis move to the suburbs, there was a whole bit where Charlie and Frank had Russian hats and Mac and Dennis couldn't figure out what it was and they desperately wanted to know any chance we figure that out if that comes back around here or am I the only person who still cares about that? I want to say I completely fucking forgot about that or didn't even know about it to begin yeah, with. Yeah, it's but, me. Okay. It's okay. But, it's me. I understand. Not the first no, time it's been I'm interested me. and I want to fucking, I want to know. So yeah, let's see those Russian hats come back, dude. As far as the teaser goes, they yell at Charlie for drinking a can of Yingling. We're getting wine in the can again, right? 100%. Charlie even makes a, a, a joke about uh, wine here. I feel we're definitely getting wine in the can again. I hope so. Yeah, like since when can you not drink at a fucking uh, sporting event? I don't know if you, I, I call chess a sporting event. Why not? You what does the ch- horsey man do again? What? He's faster than the others. But I can't remember with it. Does he move forwards and backwards whenever he likes? No, that's the rook. Oh, you mean the castle? Yeah, no, they don't move. They're made of brick. Do you not know how to play chess? Of course I know how to play chess. It's not chess, it's chess with an S. I'm pretty sure it's chess. A chess game, and you're sitting there watching it, and you're that intrigued. Why not be able to fucking drink a fucking beer, dude? So I think I think it's fucked. You know, that's all I gathered out of the fucking teaser is that he's getting a, getting shit for a drinking a beer at the pub. But he's into it, man. He's watching it, you know? So should be able to drink a beer. I hear that. The one thing I was thinking, like, since when does Frank play chess? I'm calling it now. This whole thing is like a Frank scheme, kind of like the, uh, the gang... Uh, 
hits the slopes or whatever, where he's just trying to frack the mountain. I think he's trying to do something with the Russian sanctions, and this is just his whole way to do it, whether it's Wolf Kohler or whatever. I think it all winds up being part of a Frank scheme, because honestly, do you, how is Frank fucking playing chess against a Grandmaster? Well, here's something I want to tell you guys, man. There's something y'all might not know about me. I do play chess, and I'm actually pretty solid at chess, man. Um, and I love chess, so this is fucking interesting to me. I'm looking forward to this next episode. And uh, if anybody ever wants to play chess, size up, I'm down. Nice, and I'm still calling it. We saw that we talked about the episode titles. I said that uh, Ryan Reynolds was going to show up at, as like a, a boyfriend or a potential like dating option for Mac, and then you know it, it won't work out because he's Mac. Sticking with that still. We got the Rhea Perlman cameo. Then we're going to get Ryan Reynolds and then Arnold, dude. They're all happening. I've got high. I'm not going to lie, guys. I got high. I won't name anything specific, but I got high hopes for this one and really excited about uh, about it to see where they take it. Thank you guys for checking out the Night Pod Cometh. Somehow, we're already almost halfway through season 16. But just like Donovan McNabb at McDonald's, we're loving it. If you have any thoughts on the episode, please let us know by commenting or go ahead and hit us up on our social meds at Night Pod Cometh. Magnum Mills, what's the score here? What's next? The one thing you might be forgetting is the flaps. You do not want to forget those. Follow, like, and please subscribe. Crucial to helping people find our channel, find our show, and also crucial to helping a plane land. Thank you very much for checking us out. I am Magnum Mills. He's Jamie G. That's a soup deucer. Thanks again one more time for checking out our show, and not only that, but also being a fighter for The Night Pod Cometh. This has been The Night Pod Cometh, presented by The Joe Blow Football Show. We are in no way associated with It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia, Three Arts Entertainment, RCG Productions, FXP, or FXX. This show is for entertainment purposes only. Any views or opinions expressed here are personal and do not represent those of people, institutions, or organizations who may or may not be associated with the Joe Blow Football Show. If you have any questions, please contact us at nightpodcometh at gmail.com. Thank you for listening. Please remember to like, subscribe, and comment.